We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to At Your Service, where we have a point every night. Brad Young in this evening. Glad you're with us here on a stormy, rainy Thursday night. Talking about flag burning, talking about constitutional law issues, all the kind of stuff I just, uh, you know, I just love. It's like dessert. It's fantastic. What's on your mind? 314-436-7900. Kevin has been holding through the very long break. Hey, Kevin, welcome to KMOX. Hey, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, sir. Thanks for listening and thanks for calling. Absolutely. I listen all the time. This is the first time I've had the pleasure of actually talking to you. But I'm I'm 100% with you about, you know, the flag burning and how how you can burn the American flag and it's, it's nothing, but you can burn another flag. It's 15 years. Where exactly does this stop? What if I burn, let's say, a Blue Lives Matter flag? Let's say I burn a POW flag. Yeah. Like, should you, you understand where I'm, where I'm going with this? Sure. How can burning one flag be worth 15 years and the American flag, of all things, be worth nothing? That, that, that's I, the I, point. I, I, I don't know where this goes, and I think it's only a matter of time before we see someone burning a BLM flag and there'll be calls for them to be thrown in jail for the next 400 years. And uh, and I guess my point is, why is one different than the other? You know, it's interesting that in 1992, Kevin, the U.S. Supreme Court had a case where someone was would burned a cross and it was designed as hate speech against African-Americans, which is reprehensible. It's wrong. They shouldn't do it. It's terrible. But they were prosecuted for that. And the Supreme Court struck down that particular law in Minnesota because, again, it was freedom of speech. So I don't understand how, again, if you look at it from the constitutional perspective, if you're exercising freedom of speech, you're not threatening to hurt anyone, then it should be your right to do it, even if it's awful, terrible, reprehensible and wrong. And yet here's a guy sitting still in the lockup eating bread and water every day because he burned an LBGTQ flag, and I just don't understand the difference. I don't either, and and, and like you said, too, don't burn flags. Don't do that. That's no, we shouldn't okay. be burning any flags. I don't think that's no. okay at all, but I understand where the Supreme Court's coming from. I just don't understand the now apparent legal distinction between one and the other. 
I'm with you 100%. All right, Kevin. Hey, appreciate the call in this evening. I always enjoy hearing from you. Absolutely. Anytime. Love the show. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, Hey, Lynn, you've been holding also through the break, my friend. Welcome to KMOX. Oh, Brad, thanks for taking the call. Sure. Uh, And I don't mind waiting because I was listening to the program. Uh, I was going to take a little different angle, but before I do, I want to uh, just thank you for your program because you can tell you know the law and you connect everything up to fact. I like that. Thank you. um, What about an upside-down flag? To show distress, like the, uh, you don't have trust in the government. Sure, is that legal? I I think I I don't think there's any legal prohibition. I know it violates the code of conduct. I, I I'm an Eagle Scout. I became an Eagle Scout when I was in Boy Scouts, yeah. and 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 uh, and so I know that the the flag rules specify you're only allowed to fly it upside down in situations of distress or an emergency, but I don't think that that's codified by statute. Okay, that's what I thought. But uh, I I fly American flag, and uh, we always have a light on it. (laughs) I've got a flag. Hey, Lynn, i got to tell you, i got a flag. And let me tell you how contagious this is. i got a flag on my house. Whenever I moved to my current house in 1999, there were no flags on my entire street. I, the first thing I did when I moved into the house, just like I did my first house, first thing I did first day is I put up and mounted an American flag because I'm proud of this country. And uh, I did that. And within about a month, there were five other flags on my street with other houses. So it was it was kind of contagious. I like that. I like that too, Brad. Um, another thing about the burning of the flag, we have to kind of go back in history. I, have a, I worked with voluntarily uh, helping uh, with a group from our church with two non-vets that are, you know, they'll work you under the table, man. But they have interesting stuff from the war. Mm-hmm. And, quickly, uh, Lynn, because we got another caller and then a break, but go quickly. Oh, well, I don't know. I remember where I was going with that. But, <laughs> oh, the burning of the flag. The burning yes. of the flag. These guys were drafted. All these guys were drafted, Okay when they weren't old enough to vote. Hmm. So the burning of the flag kind of started with that. Um, yes, it did. In my mind. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, Brad, exactly I'll let right. you go. All right, sir. Hey, thanks for listening, and thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. I'll call again. I'll keep listening. All right. Have a good evening. You too, Brad. Uh, hey, Larry, uh, you're calling in from Illinois. Welcome to KMOX. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I, I want to know, is there anybody doing anything about that guy that's sitting in prison? Not that I know of. I ought to get him out of there. No kidding. I mean, we talk about people who are wrongly convicted, and I'm a a big fan of going through and looking at evidence. If someone has been wrongly convicted and they're in jail, they should be set free. If If there's wrong evidence, if there was tainted evidence, if there was evidence that was fabricated that results in a in a innocent person sitting in prison, they should always be released. And you're right. Why is this guy in Iowa still sitting in jail for doing what people are doing all the time. You know, think about last summer. Think about last summer, Larry. How many times did you see someone burning an American flag during the protests for George Floyd last summer? It was a daily event, wasn't it? But what I'm telling you is these people that stand up for our rights and are sitting in jail, if the people just let them sit there and rot, that that weakens our, you know, uh, abilities to overcome these wrongs. 
You know, someone should be getting that person out of prison. Yeah, I agree. I hope someone looks into it. And I'm going to be looking into it and see if someone's going to be able to take his case. Because uh, if someone needs to be let free from prison, even though what he did was wrong and reprehensible, and I disagree with it, he shouldn't be sitting in prison because of it. Appreciate it, Larry. Yeah, and like I said, you know, he he has the uh, the right to do that. I I don't agree with his views. No, I don't either. I I think his views are wrong. But what I'm saying, that that, that that's freedom of speech, you know. And the freedom of speech has to include. I go to prison. Right. You know, and he did nothing wrong. That that weakens all our abilities to uh, keep our our, our rights. You are. You're exactly right, Larry. Hey, I appreciate you calling in this evening. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'm going to check with uh, board operator Matt. We got time for one more call? Yep. All right. Hey, uh, our last call of the segment, Tom from Harvester. Welcome to KMOX. Hi, it's uh, me. Yes, Tom? sir. It is you, okay, Tom. I'm, from, I'm from, from Maplewood. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Tom, you know, do you know what the guy from uh, Iowa, what he was actually charged with, what, what he was actually convicted of? Yeah, he was convicted of a hate crime. No, he wasn't. Wasn't he? Is, no, he is charged in the third degree in violation of uh, uh, arson, uh, harassment. It wasn't his flag. The difference here is he tore a flag down off of a church right. that was hanging it. He disagreed with it, tore down their flag and burned it. That's harassment against the church. It's arson. Now, other people burning flags out on the street, they bring their own flag to burn. It's not somebody else's flag. It's their flag. They bring it. They burn it. Whatever. Now, whether you agree or disagree with that, whatever. But here's somebody who tore something down off a building and burnt it in harassment of those people in that mm-hmm. church for supporting the LGBTQ. Now, whether you agree or disagree with that, that's a different story. But the fact is, there's a difference between what he did and what BLM people do or whatever they're doing. Other people out there burning American flags or whatever. There's a distinction. Okay. That's where you and the rest of the conservative media fail to point things out, the distinctions between things, and you'd like to make your own false narrative and stir people up like right. this. And tell me another example of any time in this country from seventeen, uh, from the 1800s until today where someone serves 15 years in prison for property damage. You're never going to find it at all. You're not. And this guy was singled out because he burned a flag. And, yes, there was property damage, but that's a misdemeanor. It's not a felony. And you don't go to prison for 15 years because of property damage to a building. It doesn't happen. Hey, we're coming up here on a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the latest trend in the workforce today, which is called hybrid workplaces, how they work, and how they might actually be toxic if you're involved with that. Brad Young here on At Your Service on X. Don't go away. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening until 11 p.m. And, uh, you know, I'm an employer. My, I've got my law firms here in St. Louis. I've got employees, and many of them are working from home and coming in and then kind of doing this thing in between. So you've heard of this new employment environment. It's called hybrid workplaces. But what many don't know is what that means. And, and even if you do, this is such a new development, I believe, that most companies haven't learned what to do, what not to do and how to make a hybrid workplace efficient, enjoyable, and even productive. So I reached out to uh, Michael Cups. He's the Senior VP of Marketing Globally with Active Ops North America. It's a global company. It was a leader in the management process automation. Michael Cups, welcome to KMOX Radio. Hi, good evening, Brad. Thanks for having me join today. Oh, it's, uh, it's my pleasure. You know, hybrid workplaces are the current flavor of the month for corporate America. But, <laughs> be- but, but before we dive in to all of that, Michael Cups, uh, in terms of what makes or breaks a hybrid workplace, let's define what we're talking about. So for folks who may not know, what is a hybrid workplace? Yeah, good question, and, and it's overused a bit maybe uh, these days in the news, but hybrid work is really choice, uh, in my opinion. It's it's uh, allowing the employees to work where they're comfortable, where they're productive, and, and frankly, where they're happy and, and well-balanced. So companies are looking for an environment which may have some of their employees in the office, some of their employees at home, but it's really a work-from-anywhere plan, and, and those, those employees aren't necessarily always at home. Maybe they're working one day a week or two days a week in the office and three days at home. Uh, maybe some of them are working a different, different shifts. Maybe they're not doing the eight to five. Maybe they're working two to six in, in the afternoon to accommodate that work-at-home lifestyle where they have kids or family members that they need to tend to. So it's, it's really about flexibility. It's about choice, but it's also about adapting your work mm-hmm. to allow that flexibility, but still get the work done and still perform as a company. Because at the end of the day, the, the, for the company to survive, they need to embrace their employees' productivity as well as their well-being. Yeah, and I'm going to get into some of these. There was an article in Inc. Magazine this week, and I'm going to go through some of the things from that article. But, you know, it just occurred to me, Michael Cups, as I was thinking about this interview today, you know, there's a great line from the first Jurassic Park movie where Jeff Goldblum's character says to billionaire John Hammond, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. And that occurred to me. Are we seeing some of that today in corporate America as it relates to hybrid workplaces where they've they're jumping ahead because the technology's there without necessarily thinking through if it's best for their particular company and best for their employees? 
I think that's a good observation, but I also feel like they're being pressured into it quickly, uh, probably faster than they were, were, were ready to do. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the technology is there to enable it because when the pandemic hit and everybody had to go work from home, it was pretty binary. And companies had to figure out how to accommodate that. Now, this hybrid work world or this return to the office is a new adventure for employers because they've got employees uh, that are maybe concerned about their safety or employers employees that have found out they really like working from home and they're more productive. Uh, so what they're for, facing with, uh, employers are right now, is jumping to it. And many of them are jumping to conclusions that, quite frankly, could cost them uh, you know, a year or two while they adapt to this mm-hmm. in productivity and performance because – you know, we've seen some big investment firms saying categorically everybody will be back in the office on this date. And what's happening now is you've, you've also maybe heard the term the great resignation because yes. employees yes. now have choice and, and companies forcing something because they have a generalized view of what the future looks like. They're going to they're going to be in trouble. Yeah. And, and that's an excellent observation. We're talking to Michael Cups. He's the senior VP of marketing globally with ActiveOps North America. And uh, this Inc. Magazine article that I mentioned that came out this week, it discussed some red flags that indicate potentially problems with a hybrid workplace. So I'm going to I'm not going to go through the whole list, but I just want to mention some of the things in this particular article, Michael Cups, uh, to see what your take on these are. And one is that there's no senior leaders who work remotely. If, if that's in your company, if that's in Acme company where Folks are working remotely, but there's no senior leaders who are doing that. Is that a red flag? And if so, why? Yeah, it's absolutely a red flag because it's the, you know, it, it, the old adage, what is it? Uh, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. And, it, and, and if, if you carry that out, what, what it says to the, to the employee is that manager that is, that is going to the office every day is still living in the old operating model. And mm-hmm. that old operating model is not fit for purpose anymore because this this new flexible environment. And so what they're what they're making assumption of is that they uh, are trying to manage the way they used to. Where you know managers lost their their biggest tool, which was their eyes and ears. Yes. And so they would walk the floor and talk to their employees or listen to them or catch up with them in the hallway over coffee or what have you. Now managers need a different paradigm for managing it. And if they're not actually out there living it with the employees, they're going to set a bad example. And that, that's going to reflect in the culture. Employees are going to see it. They're going to sense it. And they are going to seek options that are more comfortable for them. Culture is a big, big thing for employees these days, especially as the workforce is getting younger and there's a influence of just that connectedness wherever they are. So employers are going to have to adapt to that. And if they're going to manage the old way, then they're going to really have a challenge ahead of them. You know, you mentioned culture, Michael Cups. You mentioned cult- culture. I, I, I have a law firm here in St. Louis, and with my employees, you know, we do the same thing that probably most companies do. Someone has a birthday, we'll bring in a cake, we'll have a little bit of a celebration. I order in pizza probably once a month. If someone does something outstanding, I tell everybody, we brag on them, I'll take them out to lunch, pick up the tab. You know, those kinds of things just to let my employees know that I appreciate their hard work and I appreciate their dedication. But that kind of stuff only happens at the office. So how how does the absence of that, if you've got a workforce who are working from their home, you know, with their uh, with their poodle on their lap while they're at home in their basement, how can that negatively impact the uh, uh, just the attitude and the inspiration for your workforce who is working from home? 
Yeah, it's a good question, and it's challenging for managers because you're right. It, it, you know, we've, we've kind of grown up that when it's somebody's birthday, you celebrate in person, you wish them a happy birthday and all of that good stuff. The, 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 the real world, though, evolved during the pandemic, good or bad. We, we learned that there's new ways of, of getting services, whatever that may be, whether it's delivering food to your home, getting groceries delivered differently at curbside, things like that. So the, so the, the service industry adapted. And what I would urge managers to do is think about adapting that celebration system or reward system. It's really about rewards and building the culture. You can't treat people that are showing up to the office different than you treat the people that are working remotely because they choose to, or maybe there's, there's a reason why they need to work remote. You have to have that reward system be flexible enough that you can still celebrate, whether it's you know, a Zoom call that has both uh, the high, it's a hybrid call, you know, where sure. you have people in office and, and at home and you maybe delivered a cake to their house and you're still doing a celebration. And it includes all of those. Yes, it's going to be awkward at first. Yes, it's a little different, uh, but people are getting used to it and people people understand that. And, you know, I've. I can't tell you the number of uh, conferences I've attended where they've either shipped a bottle of wine to, to my house and, you know, they have a happy hour at the end of it. And it, yes, it's different, but, sure. you know, it, the world's different now. But, but it still conveys that same message that as an employer, I want my employees to know I appreciate them. I value their intellect. I value their service. I value their dedication and I value their excellence. And that's a way to still convey that message, even if it's something that shows up via UPS. That's that's exactly right, and it and it's it, as long as it's sincere and honest conversation, whether it's a reward system or a performance discussion, it, it should be based on kind of facts and data, and it should be fair across the, the playing field. Mm-hmm. So whether you're working at home and being measured for your work output, or you're in the office, it shouldn't matter. The scorecard should be the same. Excellent. Hey, we're talking to Michael Cups. He's the senior VP of marketing globally with Active Ops North America. And last question. Uh, One of the things in corporate America that's always been a factor is a person's career path, you know, how they work up the corporate ladder to go from making the at the low end of the totem pole when it comes to getting paid to actually earning a a better living and being able being able to provide for your family. But having no career path for remote workers, at least from my perspective, that could also be a red flag, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. If, if, if remote workers aren't presented with the same opportunities as somebody in person, then that's going to be a challenge for the culture. You're going to you're probably going to topple over top heavy on kind of playing favorites. Uh, what you have to implement is this transparency. You have to have the data to make decisions, measure everybody the same. So whatever the scorecard is, that is whatever good looks like. Everybody should have the chance to, to achieve that good and feel in control of that good, which means managers got to be smarter about how they're distributing work, how they have conversations and coaching. And then you're going to have to find new ways to interact, because a lot of times when you think about promoting somebody, it's because you get to know them maybe over a glass of wine or a lunch or something like that. But you're getting to know them and then you feel comfortable that they're ready to take that step. So managers are going to have to find ways to, to do that. And maybe that's not you still do it in person, but maybe you just meet them for a cup of coffee for 30, 45 minutes, you know, every other week or something sure. like that. So you still get that, that in person face time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That connections can still stay there, but you, you, you still don't, you don't have to be in the office nine to five in order to get that connection anymore. Fantastic. And uh, Michael Cups, if people want more information about ActiveOps North America and what they might be able to do and what you might be able to do for their company, where can folks find you? 
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that. We are ActiveOps, and you can find us at ActiveOps.com. We're a global company. We have a set of software solutions and a methodology for helping managers just make better decisions so we can collect data in a unique way about people's time, people's work, and, and, and uh, you know, the well-being of that employee. And we feed that to managers in various dashboards, and it allows them to make smarter decisions in real time or whether they're forecasting for the future. And, and so it's just, it's just about making managers smarter and more helpful overall. So I appreciate the time. And, again, it's ActiveOps.com. Exactly. Michael Cup, Senior Vice President of Marketing Globally with ActiveOps North America. Hey, thanks for joining us this evening on CamoX. Yes, thank you. Have a great evening. Uh, and, and to you as well, sir. Thank you. Uh, hey, when we come back, we've got more news of the day. Also, what's on your mind? Uh, I'm, I'm just now starting to reply to some of these texts. You guys are sending in lots of texts. I'm responding as fast as I humanly can. So thank you for that. But what's on your mind? Give us a call. 314-436-7900 on the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening until 11 p.m. And listen, I got to tell you, during that break, there was a promo for Hancock and Kelly. And Matt Pajeski, I'm going to ask you, board operator extraordinaire, you got to flag the tape, my friend, because John Hancock said, I have no butt, but I do have a gut. And let me tell you, you, you got to flag that because next time I see John, that's the first thing I'm going to ask him about. That is classic. That That is going into the archives. Uh, speaking of going into the archives, we've gotten lots of texts. I got so many, it's been hard for me to respond during the, uh, during the break. Love all the texts. And one of them, I got to tell you, it just made my day. Someone texted in and said, man, oh, man, uh, uh, I miss working nights so I can listen to Brad Young. Thank you for being at my service. A great sequel to Overnight America. And uh, you made my day. Thank you. And so if you've got some other texts or things on your mind, uh, 314-436-7900. Barbara's been holding for a while. Hey, Barbara, welcome to KMOX. Thank you, sir. Anyway, um, I, I don't think anyone should burn the American flag because it shows disrespect for our country. I agree. And we have a great country. And basically it shows uh, that, you know, all the men that served... And uh, I was in the Army, and uh, all the men that served, like my dad, in World War II, and he's passed away recently, um, on Emo Jima and all that, they put up the American flag so that they could say the enemy wasn't there anymore. Mm. And Corregidor, my grandfather, put up a wow. flag to say the enemy isn't there anymore. So What, what a legacy. It, what a legacy of honor and service you have. Yeah, well, I will say that if you know that the American flag is there and you're in the military, you know that the enemy isn't there mm-hmm. and that they that's a sign that the friendly forces are there. So what, what I'm saying is to show disrespect to uh, the American uh, military or to show disrespect to our country is really bad. It is. And, and I want to thank you, Barbara, for your service. Thank you. Okay, as well as the you. service for your family. That is phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye. Keep listening. Hey, Kim, welcome to KMOX. Brad, um, I am going to take a little bit of a twist on the, the, the work from home thing. Okay. Um, I have just finished uh, filling out my paperwork and getting videos ready because uh, I'm going for guide dog number five. 
Now, here is is where I'm getting frustrated. And just so people know, Kim, you're visually impaired, right? I am visually impaired. Yep, we've yeah, spoken I'm, I'm before. With... Thank you. And uh, so folks just need to have that as a setup. You're visually impaired. So you've been completing paperwork to get another guide dog. Is that right? Dog number five. Okay. Now, now the thing is, for the past year, the, the folks in the offices have been working remotely. Now... The, the trainers are going in to work with their string of dogs, and um, I'm having a trainer come out tomorrow to do uh, a home interview with me. So I asked her, I said, well, I said, are we going to have the luxury of you guys bringing the dogs to us instead of us having to come to you? Well, her response to that was that since the trainers are going in and working with their dogs and trying to match the right dog with the right student, we're going to have to go in to uh, the school and, and stay in the dorms, which, you know, I think, first of all, I want to say I've, I've had both of my vaccine shots. But, you know, if, if, if the, the staff is able to work from home, it kind of upsets me the fact that they're making us come, come in. Sure. In, in other words, just to kind, of, to kind of summarize your point, Kim, whenever they're working from home, it makes it harder for customers to interact with these necessary businesses and services that for someone like you, that you rely upon. Exactly. Exactly. And that's something that I think it has to be uh, calculated into these work from home propositions, because if it's not ultimately helping the customer, which in this instance is you, then they're kind of, at least to some extent, defeating the purpose, aren't they? Uh, Yeah, that that's, that's the way I feel about it. And I tell you what, to be honest, it, 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 Every time I think about it, it makes me almost wish I hadn't have applied for another guide dog because I I don't want to say I feel cheated, but in the long run, you know, I, it's, I it's just get what it's I just need. yeah, but it's just harder for you, and I and I certainly understand that. Hey, Kim, we're coming up on a break, so I'm going to have to let you go. But thanks so much for calling in this evening to Camo X. No problem. Appreciate it. Have a good evening. Uh, yeah, we've got some time left. We need to take this uh, confiscatorily high profit center break here on KMOX. 50,000 red hot watts. So appreciate you uh, tuning in this evening. More news of the day right after this on KMOX. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening. And uh, earlier this hour, we've kind of been talking about flag burning this hour, and it was a continuation of a conversation we actually had two nights ago here on Camel X. But I had two different callers who called in this evening stating that this guy in Iowa who got sentenced to 15 years in prison, it wasn't because he burned the flag. It it was because he, he stole the flag. And I had two different callers say it wasn't about hate speech. It was about the fact that he stole a flag. Well, it's interesting because during one of the breaks, I looked up that particular decision and a a news story about it. And I'm quoting now from a news story, and this is from the actual prosecuting attorney in Iowa who prosecuted this case, Jessica Reynolds. And these are her quotes, and I'm quoting her twice here, which she said, quote, it was a crime born of bigotry and hatred, unquote. And then she went on to state that, and again, I'm quoting is she talks about this was the first person in the country's history to be convicted of a hate crime. And this is what she said. And again, I'm quoting, the hard reality is there are people who target individuals and commit crimes against individuals because of their race, gender, 
sexual orientation, unquote, she told the Ames Tribune. So, and then she went on to state, and when that happens, it's so important that as a society, we stand up people and have severe consequences for those actions, unquote. So the prosecuting attorney who prosecuted this individual who went to jail, by her own words, it didn't have much, if anything, to do that, uh, with the fact that he stole the flag. What it had to do was that he was committing a hate crime by burning the flag. But if you follow that logic, why isn't it a hate crime to burn the American flag? Because you can fit all of this into the exact same reasoning. It was a crime born of bigotry and hatred. Well, aren't people who hate the United States, can't they say that that's also born of bigotry and hatred? I can absolutely assure you that it's it's hatred because just this week, Black Lives Matter organization sent out a tweet supporting Cuba, supporting the government of Cuba, and, and blaming the United States for the downward spiral of spiral of a communist country. And if that's not speech that's born of hate, I'm not sure that I know what is or what the difference is. So, yes, hate speech is reprehensible. I condemn it. I don't want anyone to to engage in hate speech. But should someone sit in prison because they exercised the rights guaranteed under the First Amendment that protect freedom of speech? I don't think so. You know, that's why I've always admired the ACLU in the 1970s. I've told this story before, if you've heard me tell the story, but we studied this in law school. And in the 1970s, the ACLU was representing a group of white nationalists in Skokie, Illinois. They were in Skokie, Illinois, and they were Ku Klux Klan members, and they were protesting against Jews in Skokie, Illinois. Now, I I can't think of anything more reprehensible than spouting racial hatred and bigotry in a speech, in a march, where you're marching against someone because of their ethnicity and because of their religious heritage, you're hating them because of that. That is as low as a person can get. And yet the ACLU went to court to protect the rights of those Ku Klux Klan members to spew hatred. And I know that seems contradictory, folks. I know it does. But if you get to decide, if the government gets to decide your speech is okay, but someone else's speech is not okay, then that's the slippery slope that that the First Amendment was designed to prevent. So the ACLU even said, even though we hate their speech, and the attorneys who represented the Ku Klux Klan members were Jewish, which shows you how strongly they support the right to free speech, even if they disagree with it with every fiber of their being. And yet I don't see that attitude today. It seems to be lacking. And now it seems to be that if the if the zeitgeist of our country, the cultural perspectives of our nation say, I don't agree with your speech, then we are going to ban it. We're going to ban it from social media. We're going to kick you off of Facebook. 
We're going to kick you off of YouTube and Twitter. We're going to flag your posts on Instagram, and we're going to put you in prison for ostensibly doing what other people have done, burning a flag, and you get to walk the streets free with no consequences. Even the district attorney in Ames, Iowa, said there has to be consequences. Well, there should be consequences, but apparently there are only consequences for a few who say something that the culture disagrees with. If they agree with you, then apparently there are no consequences to that symbolic speech. Brad Young and at your service tonight here on KMOX. Phone lines are open, 314-436-7900. Call or text on the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.